Please be seated. I began writing this sermon this week for you. But I ended up writing it for me. This is... uh, This is one of those sermons that I need really bad. And maybe I hope that you'll gain something from it. I hope that you'll you'll learn something from it. Because I did. And will still continue to learn from this sermon. Like I said, I started off with you in mind. I asked you this question, is this in the Bible? By way of introduction, there are many sayings that if you walked up to the average person on the street and even in the pews, they would say that these sayings or at least a a variation of these sayings are in the Bible or originated with the Bible. For example, moderation in, in all things. Sounds biblical, doesn't it? And we would all nod our head if I said we need to have moderation in, in food and in, in drink or, in, or in, in, in our conduct. We would need moderation in all things, wouldn't we? Sounds like it should be chapter and verse for it, but there's not. It's not in the Bible. The verse that comes closest is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, which says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, this, this verse speaks to being moderate, but the phrase moderation in all things is not in the Bible. How about the saying, once saved, always saved? Well, there's no verse that bolsters this claim at all. It's not there at all. How about the phrase, to thine own self be true? Is this in the Bible? No, that's Hamlet. Act 3, scene 1, line 81. To thine own self be true. You think it's biblical. To thine own self be true. But the, the better wisdom is the biblical wisdom which says to put God first, Matthew six thirty three, Not yourself, not to thine own self be true, but to God be true would be a better saying. How about the old saying, God helps those who help themselves. Is this in the Bible? You'd think it would be. God helps those who help themselves. And I've said that before and people have not, yes, in agreement with me. But it's not. No, it comes from Greek mythology where a man with a wagon who had his wagon stuck in the mud, he prays to the gods and one of the gods comes down and laughs at him and says in this myth, in this mythology, the gods help those who help themselves. It's from Greek mythology. The opposite is true. God does help those who can't help themselves. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, those who couldn't help themselves, you and me. 
For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God does help those who cannot help themselves, or He has helped those who cannot help themselves, maybe would be the better saying. How about the phrase, and it's our, our topic for the day, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. You know, many of us, no doubt, have used this phrase to console a friend or a loved one in hopes of helping them get over a loss or, or a bad time in their lives. This too shall pass. But is this biblical? Is this type of saying biblical? Well, this too shall pass is, is not in the Bible. It, it, it won't be found in your, your concordance in the back of your Bible. It, it's just not there. This too shall pass. Today I want to test the biblical soundness of this phrase by examining the verb to pass. Now there are 18 different Greek words. 18 different Greek words for the word pass in the Bible. But we're not going to deal with the Greek. There are 16 English definitions for the, for the word pass in our English dictionary. But we won't look at all 16 definitions. I promise we won't. Although word people like myself would find such a study fascinating because it is. No, we won't go that far. We'll look at the past, the present, and the future tense ways the word pass is used in the Bible and how they can not only console, but that they can chasten us as well. If we rephrased this, two shall pass, into the past tense phrase, this too has passed. If we rephrase it to the past tense, the phrase immediately humbles us. This too has passed. My grandmother, who lived to the age of 94, said that she had lived, outlived all of her friends. They had all passed on. We know of many people, places, and things that have passed on. You may be dealing with that in your own life. I know there are a few in this audience who are dealing with that in their own life that this has passed in my life. This person has passed. This thing has passed. This place has passed on in my life. In Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, Peter quotes the prophet Isaiah, who speaking in the future tense said, And it shall come to pass in the last days. These last days spoken of by the prophet have passed and are at present passing away. The prophet said in verse 21, And it shall come to pass, it has come to pass, and it's continually passing, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now if I stopped there, I would not be preaching the whole counsel of God. Because the Bible tells us how to call on the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. 
people can do this in the present. While today is still called today, but after today, the moment for you to obey will be past tense. Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. But those of us who have obeyed in the past, Romans chapter 3 verse 21, the righteousness of God, if we've obeyed in the past, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, this is Romans 3 21, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins, past tense, that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time His righteousness. We who have been washed in the blood, To God, all our old sins are past tense. All our old sins are past tense. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Have the old things, have the old ways passed In your life. Have they passed you by? Have you let them go? Have you let let go of old playmates? Have you let go of old playgrounds? Have you let go of, of old grudges? Have you let them pass you by? Can you look at your life and say, This too has passed. Is your life filled with the hope of an eternal tomorrow? 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Have you been faithful to confess your sin to God? If you're a Christian, have you been faithful to confess your sins to God? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, so that He can forgive you of your sins. He's faithful to do so. Or has His love passed you by should the saying read for you this too passes away don't let the love of God pass you by please don't let the love of God pass you by God is love and the only one you can truly count on well you can count on change too but the only one you can truly count on is God but God can give us peace during this change and and upheaval in our lives. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, the peace of God passes, present tense, passes or surpasses understanding. Oh, how I need to hear this. Oh, how I need to hear this. Oh, how I needed it. In that that present tense of your life and, and my life, in the present tense of our lives, we can have this peace from God that passes understanding. Jesus told the disciples to teach all things that He had taught 
And Jesus taught the disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33, that what I have said to you was said so that in me you can have peace. In Jesus, the peace of God is given. It's only in Jesus that we can get God's peace, though. We were not at peace with God, but having been justified by faith, Romans 5, verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way. We can have God's peace in the church through Jesus Christ. Peace with each other, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Because of Jesus Christ. It is our duty, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Our duty as Christians to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. So that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're going through, we can have peace in the present tense of our lives. We will have peace. We will have peace. Future tense. You know, my father is fond of saying the, the pendulum swings in life. If it's, if it's this way one day, it'll be back this way the other day because it was there before. And if it's this way, well, it'll, it'll swing back. He, he's fond of, fond of saying the pendulum swings. And we can take comfort in our trials and afflictions that, that this too shall pass. Our trials and afflictions, oh, they will pass. But if that is our focus, if we're focused on this too shall pass in this trial that I'm going, here, going through here on this earth, if that's our only focus, we've missed the point. We've missed the point. It is a problem in the church at present. And I'm sure it's been a problem in the church in the past to live just for today. To just get over this hurdle so that I can get over the next hurdle. So that I can be in a position to get over the next hurdle. So that I can be in a position to get over the next hurdle that I'm going to face. And we just live, well, we live like a, like a hamster on a wheel. If I could just get in a position to get over this. If I could just get in a position to get over this. We have missed the point, brethren. That should not be our focus just to make it through the day. Just to make it through the next challenge. Or the next hurt. Or the next painful memory. So many live lives like hamsters on a wheel. And if you, if you have a problem and take comfort in only this too shall pass... You have missed a major point in God's plan of redemption. What you've done, and, and you're not alone, because I, I do the same thing. What you've done, what you've missed, you've missed the hope of heaven. We've missed the hope of heaven. Instead of focusing on what is past or what we're trying to get over, and at present what's passing, the Christian should focus on the promise of heaven. That should be our focus. You see, future tense, when the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the heavens will pass away with a great noise and everything we can see will be dissolved. Future tense. 1 Corinthians 15, 54, this mortal, says, has to put on immortality, then will pass the saying... 
Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Then we'll pass it. Future tense. Once in Hades, the righteous and the wicked dead will not be able to pass from one side of the great gulf to the other. Luke chapter 16, verse 26. This world is doomed. Paul said, the form of this world is passing away along with its lusts. And Jesus said, "How heaven and earth will pass away. Yes, this too shall pass. There's another thing that will not pass. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Jesus said, My words will by no means pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The words of Jesus will judge us in the last days. John chapter 12, verse 48. The last day will pass into an eternity of days. But it's so hard to think about eternity. So hard to think about eternity when a when a problem is passing in front of your face right now. It's hard to think about eternity. Somehow we must stop living in the past. Somehow we must stop focusing all of our energy on the rat race that we run. Somehow we must, here and now, focus on the future. Heaven. It's our future. It's our lot in this life. But how can we focus? Not on the past, not not on the present. How how can we focus on heaven? How can we focus on the future? Well, let me give you four practical ways. Four practical ways to live for the future, live for the promise, to live for heaven. Four practical ways that two shall pass one day but only when they need to. Only when they need to. The first practical way to live for heaven is to make sure that you are a child of God. Make sure that you are a child of God. The Lord will take vengeance, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, on those who do not know God, and He will take vengeance on those who do not obey the gospel. Make sure you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. By being baptized into Christ and putting Jesus on in baptism. Once you have established yourself as an offspring of God, do not continue to act like a child. I need to hear this and you need to hear this. Do not continue to act like a child. We live in a world of childishness. We've we've grown up in a church that's full of it. Full of childishness. The I will take my ball and go home mentality is rampant in the church. It's rampant in Middle Tennessee. I'm sure the church worldwide. But it's curable narcissism. It's narcissism, but it's curable. 
I say curable because if Christians got their focus off the past, if they got their focus off what I can get from here and now, what I can get out of you here and now, and started focusing on their eternal future, there'd be more baptisms and more repentance in the church. My father's got a golfing buddy. He started going to Hillsborough Church of Christ. He's made friends. My, my, when I was growing up, my father really never had a lot of friends. One of his golfing buddies, is he's 75 years old. He's a retired psychiatrist, doctor. 75 years old. He's lived at this one location for 21 years. 21 years. Lived by the same neighbor for 21 years. Bought a house, and in the back of that house was a shed. And there's many of us that have sheds in the back of our house. When he bought the house, the shed was there. His neighbor came over to him just a few weeks ago and cussed him up one side and down the other and told him if he didn't move that shed, he was going to sue him. Lived by him 21 years. He was there when he bought the house. This man was an elder in the church, a 75-year-old psychiatrist, an elder in the church. He said, it hit me from out of the blue. It hit me from out of nowhere. He said, the anger welled up inside me. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. Have you ever been in that position to where the anger wells up inside you and you just don't know what to do anymore? Let me tell you what you do. Let me tell you what this elder said. And it's the only thing he knew to do. And it worked. Pray. Pray. Simple, isn't it? It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Pray. Was that my exclamation point? I don't think so. So, number one, like this man, he made sure that his relationship with God was right, that he was a child of God. We need to do that too. We need to make sure this relationship with God is right. We are children of God and we need to be a child of God. We don't need to act like children. That's number one. Number one, make sure you are a child, but don't act like one. Number two, second way to focus on the future of heaven and not worry about this too shall pass is to remember who you have become. As we've said, you are a child of God. We've got to remember whose we are. God doesn't live on the earth. God is in heaven. We've got to remember whose we are. We've got to remember we're in His family. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. We've got to remember that we're in His family. We've got to remember the name that we wear. We have fellowship with God, 1 John 1, verse 3. We have been re redeemed by the blood, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And have every blessing in the heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, We have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. We've been given everything. By God. 
in our lives if you're a Christian. So be very careful not to lose this relationship as a child of God through false pride or false humility or, or sin. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget whose you are. Remember who you have become. A Christian, a child of God. The third practical way to live with heaven on your mind and not the world is as Peter described in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. He said, look for and hasten the day of the Lord. Do you look forward to going to heaven? Do you look forward to it? Do you even think about it? Are you only worried about what's here and now? I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm where you are. You know, most of the time, a lot of the time, I'm only worried about what's in front of my face when I should be focused upon what's going to happen. I should be focused with the end in mind. Do, do some of you, do some of you secretly think that Jesus really isn't going to come back? Do some of you secretly think that? You wouldn't dare tell anybody. You wouldn't dare tell anybody, but maybe you will. Maybe you'll rethink that. Do you, do you think that Jesus really isn't going to come back? You've lost your diligence if you have. And, and Peter goes on to say, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace. Oh, the peace that, that passes understanding and will allow you to run your race for, for heaven strong and to the end. We gain this diligence by, by hard-working hope. John said that on the subject of heaven and Jesus coming back, he said, it's not yet been revealed what we shall be. He said this in John, 1 John chapter 3. It's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know we'll be like Him. He said this, And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Live for heaven by looking forward to going there. Live for heaven by looking forward to going. Do you look forward to going to heaven? We sing the song today, Dear friend, there'll be no sad farewells. There'll be no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is peace, is love and joy, and, and the soul of man never dies. Do, do you want to go there? Oh, you should want to. This hope will keep you pure. This hope for heaven will keep you pure. That's what the apostle said. The fourth practical way to live for heaven is to understand what has been done, what is being done, and what's going to be done. What's been done for you is the death of the most innocent man who ever lived. You have been loved that much. You can never say you were never loved. Understand that what is being done all over the world, even here at Fountainhead, God is saving people. It's being done right here, right now in this part of the world. And it can happen at this very moment here in this building. God can save you. You can be saved today. This world will pass away, but you can live eternally. And you're going to live eternally somewhere. You're going to live eternally one of these days in heaven or hell. 
You're going to live eternally in one of those two places. Understand that heaven is a place prepared for those in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is written there by virtue of your obedience to God. The saying, this too shall pass. Has a strange origin. And a strange way of making it to America. You know, the, the saying, this too shall pass, originated in medieval Muslim poets. That's where the phrase came from, medieval Muslim poets. But it, it made its way into a speech by Abraham Lincoln in 1859. Lincoln said, It is said an eastern monarch once charged his wise men to invent him a sentence to be ever in view and which should be true and appropriate in all times in all situations. They presented him with the words, and this too shall pass away. Lincoln said, how much it expresses, how chastening in the hour of our pride, how consoling in the depths of our affliction. And the statement is true up to a point. Up to a point. You know, when we get upset, we, t- we, we tend to forget about the eternal. Yeah, you know, what you're going through will stop one of these days. But that shouldn't be your focus. Your focus should be on, on the eternal. You know, when we get upset, we tend to forget that Jesus is coming back. But our source of comfort should not be in the here and now, but in the eternal. Your pride and your fear and your, your sin and your shame, let them pass. Let them pass. Make sure you are a child of God. Remember whom you have become. Look forward to the day of the Lord and understand what's been done, what's being done, and what's going to be done in our lives. you would like sin to pass in your life, if you'd like to have your sins washed away and that, 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 that old life to pass away and you to put on a new life, you can do so right now. If you would like to go to your Heavenly Father, as many of us have had this week, and ask Him to forgive you, please God, forgive me. Do so. If you need help, if, there, if there's something that, that you just can't handle on your own and you need help, this congregation wants you to know that we're here to help you. We're here to help you. Let's look forward to heaven. Let's refocus. Get a new paradigm on our lives and not focus on just what's in front of us, but on the eternal. Make sure of your eternity right now as together we stand and sing.